Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm James Haskell, along with my co-host, Glenn Martin. And we are here tonight to talk about something that is all the scuttlebutt at your local water cooler at, at work, at home. Scuttlebutt. That's right. Wherever you're at. It is the depth chart, the position battle for the uh, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. And Glenn, it's crazy that we're talking about this because at the beginning of the offseason, everyone was like, who's catching the football? And now all of a sudden, everyone's like, well, they were saying, actually, they were saying who's throwing the football. Yeah, yeah. Who's throwing the football and who's catching it, right? <laughs> like the go. only one that had pencil or penned in to catch it was Mark. There we go. Yep. That was really it. But now, you know, speaking specifically about the wide receiver position, camp is upon us. Uh, here shortly you know they're on their little break so right now is the time to really break it down and that's what we're going to do we're going to talk about all of our uh, wide receivers we have on the roster and we're going to give our prediction for this position battle how we think it'll break down Uh, and of course as always we want your guys thoughts below so Glenn's going to kick us off with kind of what we've done in the past what status quo is and the names so uh, Glenn let's get into it man yeah so typically the Ravens they almost always keep six receivers. There's been a rare occasion where they've kept five, uh, mm-hmm. but almost, you know, mo- even those occasions, it's almost quickly been elevated to six soon after the start of the season. So it's pretty, t- it- it's pretty safe to assume that six is the most likely outcome and five is the kind of the, the, the dark horse, you know, secondary outcome. But there's no chance they keep seven, no chance they keep four. Mm-hmm. It's five or it's six. Um, but here's the list, the quite long list, mm-hmm. I should, I should uh, say here, of the current wide receivers on the on the roster who will be competing for those five to six spots. So you can see at the top, Nelson Aguilar, new addition, Rashad Bateman, OBJ, we got Tariq Black, Shamar Bridges, Dante Demas Jr., shout to the turp, Devin Duvernay, Zay Flowers, Andy Isabella, who's been making some noise. Uh-huh. James Prochet, Sean Ryan, Mike Thomas, Laquan Treadwell, and last but not least, Tylen Wallace. So what is that? Let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It, Jimbo, I'm not that good at counting, but I think I just counted 14 guys fighting for yeah. Just a, a five to six spots, Jimbo. It's crazy. And really, I mean, just to kind of uh, shorten this up, because really, so, I mean, if you think about it, like you said, they're fighting for five, six spots, but it's really going to be fighting for one spot, right? Let, let's just get the locks out of the way, because ultimately, Zay Flowers, lock. Rashad Bateman, lock. Odell Beckham Jr., lock. Can you go up to the top of this? Uh, Devin Duvernay, I think, is an absolute lock. Mm-hmm, um, so that's four. I think Nelson Aguilar is also a lock. I don't think you just bring in a vet, you pay him that money to cut him. I'm, I think that that would be uh, pretty shocking for me based on the Ravens history. So that's five. So we got five locks out of six spots. Do you have any questions about any of it? Like, do you have any concerns or disagreements about this? Do you feel the same? I think the only chance that your five locks aren't locks is if one of them's hurt. One or more are hurt. Yeah. 
I mean, is there any way that somehow Aguilar gets outplayed in camp? Like, I don't even think there's going to be really the opportunity for him to get outplayed in camp. You know what I'm saying? Like to truly for somebody to have a, a, a enough of a decision to say, ah, Aguilar hasn't shown me enough. I'm, I'm going with well, this guy. I just don't think I'll tell you happens. what, to your point, Jimbo, I wrote this question down right as we were starting. I circled it and I, I got, and you might think I'm crazy, but just hear me out. Okay. What if, what if we just haven't, like, we, what if we're completely wrong about Prochet and about Tylen Wallace and any of the guys? Well, I guess those two are the, the main, you know, two mm-hmm. there that were here before with Greg Roman's offense. Mm-hmm. What if under this offense, what if Todd Munkin being a guy who's coming in from the outside in looks at those two guys in practice and goes, it's not them. Yeah. It's not them. It's, it's, they haven't been, they, they haven't been used in a role where they can be, they can excel at. They've been asked to do something, whatever it is that they are just not, they're, they're not, they're not good at. So what if, what if, Todd Munkin looks at James Prochet and Tylen Wallace in a completely different light than we do. Yeah, I that could happen. That could possibly happen. But ultimately, uh, the it's just the way the cookie crumbles with the way the roster is already set up. So even if that's the case, you really only got two options. You're going to take more than six? No, I don't. Th- I don't think so. Right? No. And then, so if you're not doing that, then even if you like all of them, that means you just got tougher decisions to make at the end of the day, right? Like that would suck. And I would feel bad for those players because we wouldn't even be able to get much. Yeah, sure. You can like in three preseason games, show off some stuff that they can do and, and trade them for what, like a bag of conditional seventh. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that they're not worth it, but ultimately that's what it would come down to um, based on the timing and and things like that. So that would be a, you know, you want that to be the situation because you want the guys to turn out and play well. Um, how many of them squeeze onto the practice? We can squeeze on the practice squad. I don't know. Uh, you know, how many other teams will, will, will pick them off the, you know, the, the practice squad and things like that. I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but that could dang well be the case, Glenn. Right. Mm. Cause that's what everyone's been saying about these guys. Just give them an opportunity, give them an opportunity, give them an opportunity. Yep. And, and this could be, this could be the opportunity. So, but ultimately I think the roster just breaks down the way it does. So yeah, to yeah. your question, let me ask you this question back. If you don't mind putting that back up on the screen. Yeah, gotcha. Um, are there any – so, like, for the sixth spot, I narrow it down even further. To me, in my mind, I go, okay, you got – to me, you got La- Laquan Treadwell. I think of the group – you correct me if I'm wrong. He's probably the, the most accomplished. He's, like, the vet. Not that any of them are well accomplished, but, you know, he's a former first-round pick. Him or Isabella. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I have – on the short list, I have him. So I have Treadwell, I have Isabella. And then just like you said, I mean, I guess Tylen and, and Proche. But I'll also say, you know, I know that you like him. Um, Demas, of course, is is a giant mm-hmm. uh, in comparison to a lot of these guys. I know I know that Treadwell's a bigger guy. They have him, what, at 6'2". I've seen other places where he's listed at six foot. So I don't know, but he's a, he's a bigger guy. And he's bigger. Could, right, that could be different. He's, he's a wider guy right he's got like that anquan wide build to him for a receiver so um Mm -hmm. but are there any other outside of those so really got four you got isabella you got proche you got you got treadwell and you got wallace i mean are there any other guys you see on there that you really throw in the mix well i think andy isabella has been turning some heads i know he's a smaller guy he's one of my he's oh he is okay okay so he's one of your yeah i mean i i 
honestly don't know a ton about Sean Ryan. Uh, yeah. I think Mike Thomas has a, a, a huge uphill to climb uh, to get to this roster. Tariq Black, same thing. I know people love Shamar Bridges in the preseason last year, but even in those preseason games, he was forced to make those wow catches because yep. he couldn't get separation. If you can't get separation in a preseason game against guys who will likely not make their roster, then it's pretty hard to believe you'll do so against the starting corners across the league. So I think, man, unless now what I'd hope is that those guys have made huge leaps since we've last seen them and they took advantage of their offseason time and they've put in the work and that we do see more of a competition uh, than what you're suggesting. But I think you're right, Jimbo. I think it, it comes down to Isabella, Treadwell, and then the two guys who were here from last year, the draft picks in, in James Prochet and Tylen Wallace. But I think it could ultimately come down to which one of those guys you view as your better special teams performer, your more versatile special teamer, because Tylen Wallace has been a, a pretty phenomenal special teamer since he's got here. We know mm-hmm. that Andy Isabella has the, has the return experience uh, elsewhere that he could – he could show off here in case there's an injury to Devin Duvernay or someone else. Uh, but, man, I I just – I have a tough time even handicapping this one, Jimbo, because, like, we don't know what Munkin's offense is going to be. We don't know what his opinion is of these guys from what he's seen thus far. And I, the only thing I will say is that, like, did you take anything out of the type of receiver they decided to bring in when they, when they signed Laquan Treadwell? Like, mm-hmm. or did you just look at them as – taking this other, you know, that same approach they do to the draft is he was just the best wide out. It didn't matter that he was taller. It just, he was, and if the best wide out was five foot nine, that's the guy we would have added. Do you think his, his body type kind of, you know, weighed in the decision? Yeah, I, I think that that did, but I think, ulti- so his body type, I think did weigh in the decision, but I think ultimately weighed in the decision was they just looked around and said, okay, we need to add a guy to this room to add competition. And He's maybe the uh, he's he of the people that are low risk high reward. He's the highest reward lowest risk. You know, what I mean? he's the he's the leader in both of those areas. Okay, right is what I think really what it came down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll tell you right now, Glenn. I, it's funny because you said it. Like if you look at social media, Andy Isabella's making noise. Everyone's talking about the shape that Treadwell's in. You know how what he's looking like and. He's just looking like he's finally taking it serious and he's excited about getting this shot and, and all these other things. But this is a difficult one for me if I'm just choosing one uh, because two things come to my mind. One, I think the Ravens maybe go with the guy that's been here a while uh, and then they go with the higher pick. So, and then the special team. So, but then I also think about the other guys that might have a higher upside. Like I think Andy Isabella and I think Treadwell potentially have higher upside as a pure wide receiver. But I think ultimately the Ravens end up going with Tylen Wallace. Now that I really kind of thought it through because of the special teams value. And he's just more of a known guy here. And I think generally the Ravens do that. I think if they had to pick between him and Prochet, they pick Wallace. And, um, and I think that if they, if they want to take the other guys and Wallace, they pick Wallace because they know him, his character, who he is, you know, his work and all those other things. So they stick with him uh at the at the end of, you know the, to round out that room so that makes six receivers for me i'm going in on wallace here and i think that's what ends up happening who are you going with man that's a tough uh, you know i wonder if james prochet will have todd munkin swept up in his camp antics like he does every <laughs> year for the media where he's the first one jogging out onto the field and he's still catching balls from the jugs machine you know a half hour after practice is over i i 
I think that uh, Munkin is probably going to fall in love with his work ethic. I just don't think he impacts the team on special teams enough to make his roster spot, you know, uh, to keep him on the roster. So I agree. I tend to agree. I think they go with Tylen Wallace. I I do find it interesting, though, that they signed Laquan Treadwell when there are they were other guys available that they could have signed. Now, now most of these guys would be more expensive, but. I still find it interesting that they didn't really sign a guy, in my opinion, that is going to like really push those upper guys at all. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. really only competing with the bottom, you know, of that roster. So, you know, I, I I think that he was really just brought in. I hate to say it, but I don't think he's much more than you know. They just needed more depth in that room for the for the preseason and all that stuff. I I really think he has a tough time to get on the roster. But let me ask you this, Jimbo. What do you think the, mm-hmm. the possibilities are? You got a guy, you know, you got a pretty crowded tight end room. You got a bunch of really talented pass catching tight ends with, mm-hmm. with Andrews and Kohler, and likely you don't have that traditional blocking tight end in that group, but you do in Pat Ricard, who's now in in playing this fullback role that we don't know is even existent in Todd Munkin's offense outside of maybe some goal line packages. So if they're going to try and keep Pat Ricard, the assumption is that he's going to switch into being, you know, he'll still play some fullback, but he'll primarily become the blocking tight end in the room. If they have to keep four tight ends, what do you think about the chances that they only keep five wideouts on the primary roster? Maybe slide guys like Prochet and Tylen Wallace through the practice squad, yep. but instead keep four tight ends, now including Pat Ricard in that four. And only go with five wideouts, and that's a pretty damn strong five wideout group. Knowing that who's really going to snatch those guys off your practice right. squad and sign them to their active roster? Yeah, you know, I think that is very likely. So if we're talking about a scenario where it's five instead of six, and and Pat's the guy, I think there's more value in Pat Ricard even in this offense than Tylen Wallace in this offense. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that that if you had to give me the two scenarios, I think that that is the. I think other factors will come into play, like the defensive depth at certain positions and things like that as well. But I think ultimately, if you're just talking about a give and take between tight end and wide receiver, I think that that is the more likely scenario. Uh, unless really what it's going to come down to is one of these guys forcing the way on the roster. You know, not saying taken away from Pat directly, but from another position or, you know, where else that comes comes from. I think they've got to really force their way on, and that's just the way it is. And for guys that are playing, you know, the fifth wide receiver, you got to do that every year. So mm-hmm. um, that's what it's going to come down to. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, so ultimately, so you're going, you're leaning towards Tylen, but I, you know, I agree with you. Part of me wants it to be Treadwell because that means he balled out in in the. Post-season. Well, I want it to be Demas because that means he balled out. That's fair, but like, man, Treadwell had he just had height coming out. He's a first round pick. All these things, you know. Yeah. I think he's still the old Miss. Uh, leader in in receiving yards or something or uh, and that's wide receiver you nowadays yeah so like dude has shown he can do it i would love for him to just shock the league right and and do something awesome that would be a lot of fun but uh yeah i think ultimately ends up being ties or, or tylen or like you said five and it's none of them and <laughs> they all get their walking papers and and we keep pancake pat uh but let us know what your guys thoughts are Leave your comments below. We're really excited to continue this series, position battles. We put more videos out. Uh, you know, we'll break down every position group as we lead up to camp. Leave all your comments below. Make sure to hit the subscribe button, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.